Jamestown. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. And guys, I am super pumped that you are here hanging out with us today because I've got yet another young insurance professional coming in here, hanging out with us today from the great state of Arkansas. And you guys requested this. You guys wanted this. Open up the mailbag and you were like, get some people that aren't insurance famous. Get some people that are not out there speaking on stages. Get some people on your show that are grinding just like us every day. The ones that are successful and that are in agencies every day doing what we do. Find some of those people and let's hear what's going on. Well, you're not alone. The people that I'm interviewing are dealing with the same things you are across the country. And I can't wait. You know, as you've already heard uh, from my good friend Sam and from Dakota. And now today I've got a very special guest in Sydney Hoffman. Sydney Hoffman was my account manager. She became family to me. She became like a sister, a good friend. We serve on councils and boards together. She's amazing. She's actually been on here before. If you're a loyal fan of the Insurance Town podcast, you heard her uh, on the Grind series with Kelly Donahue Piro and herself and um, so many others that were a part of that episode. I can't list them all. It'd take too long, but it was a great episode. Also, um, this episode, just like all the other ones, is sponsored by my good friends over at Smart Choice. Guys, I know you're out there some days. You're like, man, I wish I had this market. Or I wish I had that market. We're in a hard market. I need another one. No, no further than Smart Choice uh, could be the answer to your questions, to be the answers to your challenges. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. You might be looking for a partner, a friend. You might be looking for something out there that they can help you with. Smartchoiceagents.com. Also, my good friends over at Canopy Connect, your one-click solution to getting those deck pages. You need to quote your prospects. And they do a phenomenal job. And not only are they doing personal lines, but they also do commercial lines now, which means you can get those pesky deck pages and those pesky loss runs. We all deal with that. And there's some great companies out there that help you with that. But now you got a one-stop shop. A lot. Of, not only can you get deck pages for personal lines, but you can also get lost runs. You can also get uh, driver's list. You can also get company information, deck pages, all of those things for commercial lines as well. So Canopy Connect. Go to usecanopy.com. Hit the backslash and type in the word Heath, and you'll get discounts. You'll get demos, all kinds of cool stuff. Go check that out. Now, uh, Sydney Hoffman's coming in from us from Little Rock. She now has uh, some equity stake in dad's agency, and uh, she's really kicking butt and been taking names for several years now. She just crossed over into the 30s, so it's not too much longer she can call herself young. Ha, just kidding. Uh, I still call myself young, and I'm 43. So anyway, no, I, I kid. She's amazing. She's worked at Markel. She's also been uh, in the agency here. So she knows from both sides, we have a great conversation. And if you're second generation looking to take over your mom and dad's agency or your mom or dad's agency, take a listen to this one pretty closely. She tells you some great advice on that. Thank you so much. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Sydney Hoffman. Sydney Hoffman's 
What's happening, girl? Yo, 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 Heathy. It's been a while seeing, seeing your face around these parts every oh, now and then, but it's good to sit down face to face. I've uh, sat down with your brother, Chase, on one of his sub subcasts, uh, right. sub-posting gigs, and then I think I've been on a recording you've posted, but this is the first time That's that you right. and I have sat down face to face, so I'm excited. I forgot you did the uh, thing with the girl, the ladies, the grind, the grind series. Grind, That's what yeah. Was. Yeah, the grind that account was awesome. series. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're a familiar face to old insurance town. So that's good. A little bit. So the agency's been good lately. It's been good. You know, it's a it's a wild time in insurance, as I'm sure everyone can relate to. It's been particularly wild for us. We had some tenured staff members retire last year, and we were looking to bring on new ta- talent in one of the worst hiring season. So it took us a while, but we're back to being fully staffed, still training our our new hires up and dealing with a wild, hard market. Uh, But plenty of quote requests, plenty of things to keep us busy. So I have no complaints on this end. That is fantastic. And when you say tenured, I can say this because I worked there. They were tenured. I mean, you had some some, some experienced people there, like going back like 70s and 80s, I want to say, like a long time. Long time, long time. They, uh, and they, had they worked they together the whole time. That was the cool part. Yeah, they taught me a lot, uh, and they rode my ass a lot too. But it was good for me uh, jumping off uh, to be hanging out with them. That's before your time too, a little bit too, uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's right. Anywho, uh, yeah. So I'm glad to hear things are good. You're back fully staffed. So is there five of you now in a VA, or is it just? So there's four of us, and then we've got a part-time producer that does a little bit. Oh, nice. So maybe four and a half. And then we've got my office pup, Sherman, that's here most days. Sherman. Sherman's awesome. Um, Well, you have another guest appearance from time to time from your other dog, right? I do. Yeah, I've got two dogs. Sherman's here on a more routine. Jasper, yeah. Yes. Sherman's here on a more routine basis. He's a tiny dog and he doesn't get super excited. He's not the best office greeter, but he'll mosey on over <laughs> and give some sniffs. You might get a pet or two out of him before you leave. Jasper, on the other hand, is very excited for new guests. Yeah. His energy is a little too intense. So he comes on occasion, but not too often. Yeah, he's fun. Well, before we get too much gabbing like girls, let's uh, let's take a walk down memory lane and let's talk a little bit about you. Go back as far as you want. Lead me to today. Yeah, yeah. A little walk down memory lane. So I am a second generation insurance agent. My father, David, who is here at iTrust with me, he started as a nationwide exclusive when I was two months old. So I've essentially grown up in the business from the jump. Um, when I was in college, I got licensed. So I've been a licensed PNC agent for 10 years now. Figured why not? I knew enough about insurance growing up that I figured having that license in my back pocket uh, may benefit me. And it did. I worked for a shelter agent while I was in college. And then my final semester of college, I was really trying to figure out what my career path was going to look like. I didn't feel that insurance was really the answer for me, but I was pretty indecisive growing up. My interests were always changing and I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I figured, eh, when in doubt, just extend your schooling. So I took my took the LSAT, got accepted into the U of A law program and thought that's what I was going to spend my next three years doing. But in my final semester of undergrad, uh, dad came up to visit me in Fayetteville because the PIA was having a mixer on Dixon Street. And he figured, hey, you've you know just turned 21. Why don't you come with me? Maybe I can get you a couple free drinks out of it. And I said, sign me up. That's all I need to know. And went, met a couple familiar faces there uh, with Union Standard Insurance Group and ended up having an impromptu interview at the PIA event, led to an official interview. And I thought, okay, a summer internship is a good way to spend my time before law school. So I'll give it a go. And I ended up seeing so many different lanes and avenues to explore in the industry that I'd never had my eyes open to before. 
and decided that insurance was what I wanted to pursue. So I left the Union Standard internship and moved back to Northwest Arkansas, worked for a large independent agency called Ferris Insurance as a commercial account manager, was there for a bit, and then Markel Specialty had a marketing representative opening. And I was still 21 at the time. I figured there's no way that I'll get hired on for this role, but what's the harm in throwing my name out there? At the least, I'll make some new connections, and, and hopefully this could lead to future opportunities. But lo and behold, I ended up getting hired on. It was a surprise to me, but boy, what a wonderful opportunity it was. So I spent the next almost three years working for Mark Health Specialty handling Arkansas and Oklahoma agents. Um, I had met you many times along the way, but you in particular were a great mentor for me. I had toyed with coming over to the family business, but didn't know if timing was right. But ended up, you were you were weighing some of the pros and cons of hopping onto the agency side as well. And you ended up joining iTrust a couple months before me. That's After right. seeing you make the leap, I said, okay, no excuses. Let's do this. So I came over to the family agency and I've worn so many hats over the last six years here, uh, was marketing for commercial accounts, then did commercial and personal line servicing as well, then did producing. And as of last year, got a little bit of ownership. So handle operations, handle all the things. Um, anyone who has a small agency will know that you've got to wear all the hats and be as adaptable as possible. So that's led me to where I am now. There you go. And yeah. And part of that story, obviously, that means a lot to me was you were a, you know, a baby in it with me as far as on the agency side, my account manager and you and I worked hand in hand together on a lot of things. And you and I kind of learned this together <laughs> in a lot of ways, trying to figure out. And we wrote some good size accounts together. We wrote some fun stuff together. We lost a lot of good accounts together. Uh, we had a lot of fun, though. And I feel like we were kind of... Uh, you know, baptized by fire together in this whole thing. And so it's yeah, cool to see. I can't believe right. that was six or seven years ago. It feels like yesterday, but I'm sure it doesn't for you some days, but that's pretty wild. And so, and I appreciate that so much in the way you were always, you know, so good with, with me on that patient with me because uh, shit, I didn't know what I was doing half the time. And so, but uh, again, you allowed me to do some things I would have never been able to do. And so. But yeah, you just, were, you were a huge motivation for me seeing where you were at the stage in your career that you were at the willingness to take a leap. I figured if he can do it, I can do it. And I knew we caused some trouble together. And we did. We saw the good, bad, and the ugly together. But I advanced so much, gained so much perspective from working with you. And hopefully you can say the same. And oh, for sure. 100%. It was all worth it. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of success too. Uh, we wrote a lot of business and so we had a lot of fun together and uh, got in the trenches. So it was fun. So for you now, fast forwarding, you know, even six years, but I guess even the last couple of years through the, you know, dreaded pandemic years and, you know, having overturned in staff, you know, again, being young uh, and it was late 20s, here you are in a management role and bringing on new people and whatnot. What was that like the last couple of years for you? It's been a tough time. You know, we had to learn how to adapt as every agency did during COVID and having those tenured employees that we spoke on made certain things difficult because as as an entire team, you really have to be on board with uplift processes and overhauling processes and figuring out what's going to work in, in the new digital age and through the pandemic where we couldn't go out door to door and really drum business in the same way we had been accustomed to. So that was a, a period of trials. And I really was, as the youngest person in our agency, uh, spearheading a lot of the initiatives to make those changes. Um, and for the most part, we had team buy-in, but there's going to be a level of resistance regardless of where you're working and what you're trying to change. So figuring out how to navigate those waters, especially as the youngest seat in the office was tough, but we endured through it. And then staff turnover is never easy, especially for a small agency. We don't have people that can quickly backfill and take care of the needs of certain team members. There's a lot of responsibility that each position holds. And so when you lose essentially half of your office, 
it's really difficult. And it was for us that that happened in 2022, uh, the first first quarter leading into the second quarter of the year. So for a good period of time, it was dad and I up here working 10, 11 hour days. We still do on many days, but especially last year, just to keep the ship sailing, especially in a hard market was very difficult, but it was a good opportunity for us to really step back and assess what our agency looked like and what we wanted it to look like moving forward and gave us an opportunity to really refresh connections with our customer base as well. We were, we had our hands on just about every account and that's not a position that either of us have been in really ever. So it was good to reevaluate, reevaluate, renew relationships and figure out the direction we wanted to head. Hiring was was a struggle. It's a pain point that almost every agency talks about. Sure. It certainly was for us. It took a while to get new staff on board. One of them had had a little bit of experience. The other one was completely fresh to the industry. So training her up, getting her licensed and getting them integrated in with our systems here and bringing them along um, was a struggle, but it's been good. It really has. It's shown me that that I have more strength than I thought that I did, and it's allowed me to grow um, so much. And I think that dad would say the same. So we're really happy to have come out the other side sitting where we are now. Yeah, there's a lot of people listening to this right now that are that second generation, maybe even third generation, young insurance person that's wanting to take over dad or mom's agency or mom and dad's agency for that matter. And you know, a lot of times that could be a struggle letting go. And especially like we've talked about experienced staff and we've always done it this way. And that whole, you know, saying, I heard that a lot when I was at, at the agency and it was one of those things that could be crippling for an agency, but to be able to come on the other side of that, as you've mentioned, you know, talk to the audience, listen to this of what, what kind of that takes to go from, we've always done it this way to embracing new technology. Y'all even changed management systems in the last six years. And you've, you know, tried VAs, you've tried other services, you've done all those things. And I'm ramming a little bit for you to get your thoughts together on this. But, you know, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. What advice you could give for someone in that chair waiting to take over, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, certainly. And even even with established agencies that are just simply bringing on new roles, evolving their processes, you're going to have new people come into the fold with new ideas. And I think being receptive to those ideas and figuring out ultimately as a team what's going to make us most effective and what's going to push us in the direction that we are trying to go, which is growth, profitability and growth. Um it was tough because the two the two tenured employees we had had been in the industry for decades upon decades. They had seen so many different cycles. They had seen the pros and cons of the trials and the failures and had so much more experience to speak to than I ever did. Um, so their opinions carried weight, but growth and evolution, um, though it can be scary, is necessary. And so... It was it was a struggle. I think that adapting bit by bit was what worked best for us. We didn't come in and say we're going to uplift and overhaul everything altogether. We would have never had team buy-in had that been the case. But the management system was the first for us. We hadn't really looked into new systems for a long time, and we had them a part of the process. We sat through and demoed many systems. We had lots of conversations, so we felt like as a team, we can really get on board with making a change together and figuring this out together and change phone systems. We implemented um, Comparative Raider. We've made so many changes along the way. Some of those changes happened while they were still here. Some of them happened afterward, but figuring out how the stair step and the opportunities that we really felt were necessary to get that buy-in and move the process forward was important. But conversation communication was key to that and making the team feel like they were all a part of the equation and making those decisions, I think is what ultimately led us to, to being able to implement all the new things that we have. 
And once they left, once we had that overhaul, and I know that there are a lot of agencies in the same boat that have these tenured staffers that have carried the ship for a long time, and now they're gone and you feel like you've lost your identity a little bit. They carry the core core grouping of the relationships because they have the easy touch points with customers and them leaving and then you trying to implement changes, which could be reflected a little bit with the customer experience. All of that are things to navigate. And we have you know, clients of all varieties, but we had quite a few clients in their age group as well. So figuring out how do we continue on relationships in a way that's going to be comfortable to our customer base while bringing on new tools that we think are also going to aid in the client experience and making that better and making our processes more effective and efficient. Um, well, that was, was something that was something I didn't mean to interrupt, but you brought up something that I was interested in about, you know, because they always say your customer base looks like you, so to speak, whether 10 years before and after or whatever. And so having that, you know, older staff or experienced staff, what has that been like trying to transition that? Because now your staff's quite a bit younger. Have you seen that shift? And is that a true statement for your agency that the clients for the last 30 years, 20 years, whatever it was, were a lot different age group than the ones now? And has that been a process trying to usher in and dealing with younger clients and the needs of younger clients? Yeah, yeah. I think having younger staffers has helped us really be able to reach a customer bracket that we were able to beforehand, but I just think we're better suited at it now because sure. we have we have faces and voices that can relate in ways that maybe they couldn't before. Um, but we have quite quite a mix of customers. You know, our agency's been around for a while, and our two staffers had quite a bit of customers that they had brought over when iTrust even came to be. Um, and we still have these customer relationships. And when you have someone who's had a point of contact for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, in some cases, it's really tough to now say, okay, here's an introduction to your new service representative. They're 30 years younger. It could be different. You don't know them. They don't know you. But we promise sure. we're going to do everything we can to uphold the level of service and the dedication that you've been accustomed to. And more often than not, we've been able to walk through those processes and get people on board, even if they're a little apprehensive to change as well, which is to be expected. Um, but having those conversations and making sure that we're dedicating the time, I think with as we've as we ran through the renewal cycle last year and as we are this year with even more new faces to the team, it's making sure that we set aside the time to make our customers feel that they're still a part of the family and that those relationships are still the core to who we are, which is very much true. So does it take a little bit more time to work through some of these renewals? Yes, but it's worth it because we're strengthening relationships. Yeah. And so those processes, as you've mentioned a couple of times, uh, did it take you some time to develop those and you know some trial and error on some of those processes? And how did you come to that being, again, Still, I mean, 10 years is a long time having your license, but still new in that management type of role. It's a series of, of trials and errors and still continues to be. I don't know that there's necessarily one best method of doing things. I right. think being open, um, being open to adapting and being open to new perspective and insight is really key. So there have been certain processes we implemented last year that we're still tailoring and we'll probably still continue to tailor as we go through a few renewal cycles. We get the good, bad, and ugly about what we're trying to implement. Um, you know, groups like IAOA have been huge resources. There's a main group and a women's yeah. group as well. And there are so many fantastic agency owners that are there sharing their perspective. They're sharing their trials and tribulations. Um, they're uploading files of certain processes they have. So a part of that was just me collecting as much material as I could from these groups and then tailoring the processes to what we felt would be easiest to implement within our agency and what would best position us. Sometimes you look at things and say, oh gosh, there's so many different things we could do differently. 
so many yeah. different things that need a dedicated amount of time to really reassess. But finding the time to take a step back and really evaluate can be tough. So for us, it's it's balancing what we can bite off and chew and what maybe needs to be on the back burner with the understanding that we're going to be open to continuous evolution with, with our processes here. Um, I think being adaptable is key. So that's, that's all that we're trying to do. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, like you said, being a, a, being adaptable and having some patience and being able, not being afraid to fail at certain things and being able to adjust when you need to. Yeah, absolutely. To. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, is that mostly been you uh, and the new staffers or has dad been involved in some of that as well with the, the new processes and whatnot? He's been involved in things. I think most of the initiatives I've spearheaded, but it's an ongoing discussion and I value and respect his feedback and always will. Um, I think that that for him, some things can be daunting. So that's where somebody like me can step into the fold and say, you know, I know that that there are certain things that need to be addressed. So I'm going to do the, the heavy lifting to kind of work up some options for us or collect the information. And then we'll sit down and discuss. And we try to have team meetings where we discuss processes and get feedback from the girls as well on what they feel is working or maybe could use some improvement. Knowing that our team is still new at working together, we're trying to be mindful of that and making everyone feel like they are truly team players. I think that's so important culturally to making sure we're running uh, a ship where there is total buy-on buy-in and that we can move forward knowing that you know we have our eyes on the same destination and we're all working to collectively give the same experience to our customers grow where we need to grow and really have have that focus so right now you know as again when i was at i trust you know dad and i uh, were outside producers and i know you do a little bit of that now you know as a young producer a young insurance professional where does the business come in from the, you know, do you focus some of that on referrals or is, is there any outside producing going on, like foot on the pavement type things, or is it referral groups? Where do you, where do you guys coming up with that now? Yeah. So I think our ultimate goal is to, you know, bring on the girls to such a point where dad and I can really be hitting the pavement on a more consistent basis. We had to really step away from that during COVID and we haven't necessarily been in a position to go back out. We've been handicapped by by the turnover and just the workload here in a hard market, especially is difficult where you're having to work so hard to retain what you do have. Um, so we don't have outside producers at this stage. We're a smaller group. Most of you know the sales are happening inside conversations here. We do make calls, of course, and try to get out where we can. Um, we're both a part of referral groups. We're involved in, in BNI and some nonprofit work, and that keeps us busy as well. Um, organic referrals are a good driving force, and we're trying to to advertise on social media and do the things there to organically grow. So we we've got got our hands in as many places as they can be to to drum up some of those opportunities. But I think long term, we we get the girls onboarded and comfortable to to really run the office while we're gone. It takes a while to really get them trained on and get them confident so that they can confidently handle any phone call requests that that hits their desk. So that's a process, but I think we're nearing the point where we're going to be able to go out and, and really focus more on sales. So if you, let me ask you it this way. Let me ask you, if you were to bring on a new producer, an outside producer, whether they're in their late 30, mid 30s, as, as I was when I came on, or if they're young 20s or older than that, would you give any, what would you do with them? Or would you give any advice to them as it, you know, as a, you know, with a young, small agency, you know, as you've mentioned, would you give any advice to them or how would you manage that? What would you, what would your expectations be on that? If we're talking to young producers that are, you know, at that place of, I got to bring in new business now. Yeah. Well, I think, I think every arrangement looks a little bit differently. So sure. I don't know exactly what that would look like for us, but trying to shepherd them as much as possible. I think that, you know, and and you've seen it as much as I have and anyone in the industry can speak to it. It's really tough to be a producer, to come in to an agency 
you're grinding hard, you're hustling hard to build your book of business as quickly as possible, knowing that that you've really only got a matter of years to figure out if this is going to work for you long term or not. So I think that producer support is so essential to setting them up for success. And ultimately, our goal when we bring people on is to keep them as long as possible. We don't want a lot of turnover there. So figuring out whatever levels of support we can give them and reiterating that this is a collaborative team environment. Um, one of the good things about being small is that it really is a team atmosphere. A lot of us are touching the same accounts. We're working through trials and errors together. So having a producer feel that he is or he or she is an essential member to that team and that this is an open floor and a supportive floor. We want account managers, um, marketing, whatever role is here at the agency to lend itself well to the producer, um, set them up for success. So that's the main thing. Communication is key as well because producers are going to run into all different types of situations. So them feeling confident that they have a team on the other side yeah. to help them through those issues, I, I think is so instrumental to them having long-term success. Yeah. And I like the way you brought that up because I think there's uh, agency owners right now listening to this that are trying to figure out how to manage a young producer. And I think you brought up something. I'm a big proponent and I train with agencies all over the country. I'm a big proponent of have that outside producer, all they do, like their whole sole mission, get new business, bring it in the door and have your service staff take care of the quoting and the binding and the issuing and some of that type of stuff. And so, uh, and I like that you talk about team collaborative effort and being able to have that support for the producer. And uh, I like that you brought that up. And I wonder um, if that's something that you feel would be the, the best way for any small agency, not necessarily I trust, but any smaller agency to surround a producer with that support staff and just allow them to focus on what they do best, which is usually kissing babies, shaking hands, going to events, things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that a good level of training is healthy to, sure. to any new role, and especially to small agency where there are times where we have to wear someone else's hat and really step in. So yeah. I think that there's a, a level of understanding. And I think this goes in any industry, right? The respect grows when we understand what the other person is having to deal with on a daily basis. So the producer understanding the friction that the account managers can run into, the struggles that they face and vice versa is so crucial to that respect and collaborative environment. So there is a level of, of training that would, would need to happen, but ultimately our philosophy is the same as yours. We want an outside producer to be focusing on their strengths and that's drumming up business and that's what's going to put food on their table. So we want to free up as much as we possibly can to right. set them up um, so that they can hit their goals and knowing that we've got a strong core team in place to help service and help them work through quoting issues, um, I think is just better for everyone in the long run. Yep, we're at a mid-roll, at a mid-roll, at a mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-roll, and with my good friends over at Cover Desk. Cover Desk is your premier solution for virtual assistance. If you're looking uh, to hire some more staff, if you're looking to bring on some admin help, or if you're looking for someone to make some cold calls, some outbound calls, or take some inbound calls, or put together a process for this or that, and you want to get that implemented. You know, if you're looking to do a uh, bring on a new carrier, and you want to do a book roll of another one, or you just got a special project, they've got not only cover desks for individuals, but they also have cover desks for team opportunities. So you could get a whole team of folks to run your quotes or to do special projects. Cover Desk Direct is there for you on that. Go to coverdesk.com. And tell them that the mayor sent you. You'll be so proud that you did. I love working with CoverDesk. I have been working with them for a little while now, and I think they're fantastic. CoverDesk.com. Tell them I sent you. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, shifting over into the young insurance professionals that are coming into the industry as account manager or as a CSR or whatever the title might be. One of the things that I was super impressed, and I still am to this day with you as we work together, was 
your ability to build those relationships with underwriters and understand what underwriters like and want and being able to put together that narrative or, you know, sell an account to an underwriter. Because I think there's a lot more to put in together an account. You have to obviously sell it to the client, but a big part of that is selling it to the underwriter and to the carrier. And is that something that you're imparting into these the, the girls or the, the new girls, the ladies in the office that are doing this work? Absolutely. I think meeting people, relating to them and understanding what they're having to evaluate is so important to building healthy relationships, but being able to find those successes. Um, so much of what we did when you were here together is, is being able to put that narrative together. And that takes many things. It takes the outside salesperson being able to fully understand the risks that they're bringing to the table. They're having those conversations. They're getting thorough information. They're helping come up with solutions for claims activity or whatever hiccups that account has has maybe had in the past few years so that we can create as strong of a narrative as possible to bring to our agency partners. Now, I don't want to dress something up ugly and make it look pretty because at the end of the day, there's too, you much, respect come on, <laughs> too much respect <laughs> we have for, for our carrier relationships. Sure. But if we can show them that respect and we can show them we're trying to bring you quality business, then obviously your, your overall performance is going to create a narrative for them as well. And we've been very fortunate that we've had profitable relationships. We've had good profit sharing performance and so many other things that have allowed us to be fully independent even to this point. Um, but I think it's so important and it's something that I stress with the girls. And the good thing about them being newer into the industry or newer onto our team is that they don't have as many preconceived notions on how things need to be. So we run into issues and we talk through them together and we figure out what's the best way to communicate with our underwriters. What's the best way to communicate with our carrier partnerships, with our marketing representatives, when do we need yeah. to leverage their assistance versus figuring things out ourselves? But everyone feels like we're respecting time. We're having quality conversations. Yeah, I think that I think that's an area that a lot of people don't uh, pay attention to as much is that relationship with the carrier as much as they should. And so I was always, you know, uh, pleasantly surprised when people and underwriters would tell me when I'd see them at events uh, as you know PIA member or a big eye events or whatever events it was. You know, they would say the only reason we wrote that is because Sydney was so good or we love Sydney. You know, it's like I was, you know, uh, I was just lucky to have you to be able to do that. I was just chopped liver at that point, and all that mattered was your relationship with the underwriter. I think that helped me to have a lot of success too. So I think those that are listening to this, and my, my friend Dustin Bryant and I talk about this, she's at the National Alliance, an awkward, uh, awkward insurance podcast. I was able you know, to sit in with underwriting teams and claims adjusters and, and really see their side of things and to see how difficult their roles are. I think that just the understanding that, hey, we all have tough jobs here. We're all trying to help each other be successful. We're all trying to write business, even though sometimes it feels like underwriters are not, especially in a hard market, but just sure. the understanding and awareness to know that we we all can be on the same team. So let's be respectful of that and try to work on these relationships because they you you can't have you can't have certain situations work out in your favor if you don't have the relationship. And we're all going to run into instances where we need a favor and we need underwriters to be flexible. And if we haven't shown them that we can be the same in return, then it's really tough to have those asks and have those conversations. So we try not to escalate things or ask favors unless we absolutely need to. And we yeah. feel that we really have an argument on our side because we've been a good partner and a good player for them. Yeah. You know, I, and I love that, you know, about what you guys are even going back to, you know, David, you know, as I've referred to his dad several times, but you know, David's always had good relationships with the carriers and good relationships out there in the, uh, in Little Rock and around town and whatnot too. And I think, 
that was one of the things that gravitated me towards working there is uh, I always, and I always will believe relationships will be key no matter where you are in the industry and what's going on. And if AI and robots take over the world, I think there's still going to be a need for relationships. And he always had that same belief. And so do you. And I think no matter what large agency or small, it's always going to be key. And I wonder, you know, as a transition a little bit to what that relationships been like, I know what mine was as a second generation, but for you, you know, you have the father-daughter relationship, but then you also have the working relationship. Is that a tough balance for you as a second generation, as a young insurance professional? What advice can you give to that second generation or third generation listening now and how to balance that? That's your daddy, but it's also your boss. Yeah. Yeah. Family dynamics are fun, aren't they? (laughs) Right. You know, for me, and I can't speak for everyone, every family's different and and some people go into working relationships together and it works for the long haul, other times it does not. I think what was important for me when I decided that I wanted to pursue a career in insurance, my ultimate goal was to at some stage come over to the family business yeah. because I felt it would be the best long-term opportunity for me to be part of the pet- perpetuation plan, get some ownership. But I didn't immediately jump into the family business. And there are plenty of people that do, and that works out well for them. For me, I felt that I needed to be able to stand on my own two feet, create my own path in the industry so that when I came to him, I could come to him as someone that wasn't necessarily on his level, but hopefully he had developed enough respect for me as someone in this industry versus just the daughter coming and joining the family business. So it was important for me to work at other agencies and work for carriers. And I got to meet so many different agencies constructed in so many different ways throughout that process. And every step of the way, I felt that I was widening my perspective and increasing my value so that when I had that conversation with him to step into the agency, that he could see me as someone separate from just his daughter. And the conversations about ownership didn't start immediately either. I knew that I didn't want to broach that conversation until I had at least put five years into this agency. I wanted to show that I was a team player, that I was working towards the betterment of the agency, learning as much as I could so that, again, when I had that conversation, I could show the value and it couldn't be argued. Yeah, I think that's smart to be able to. I think that's good advice for someone listening is. Don't go in with that silver spoon mentality of I deserve to have the ownership tomorrow or I should be able to walk in. And I think dad said it when I had my own father um, on my podcast, uh, how many years or months ago, you know, he tells a story and I'm embarrassed by it, but it needs to be said. I think a lot of people have this mentality. I came in immediately looked around. I was like, where's my office? Where's my desk? Where's the placard that says, you know, next head boss, whatever it might've been. And he was like, what are you talking about? you know, you got to earn your stripes, get out there and, you know, do your thing. And so for you to have that before you ever came in and say, I need to build my resume first. I need to earn dad's respect outside of his daughter. Yeah. My, my first piece of advice would be to be patient because it very seldom works out exactly the way that we want it to. And in the timeline we want it to, but to be patient and to not lose, lose the goal because there were, there were times early on. And I mean, the same goes, especially if you're second generation coming into the family business, you don't know if this working relationship is, is going to play out in the long run. And I didn't know that coming in, it was a huge jump, a huge jump. And I was apprehensive about joining him here because I didn't want to sacrifice our personal relationship. So I didn't come in with crazy requests. I came in to be part of the team. I had my head down. I learned what I could. I tried to help him wherever possible. And I gave it time to make sure that we were going to be able to work well together. And when I felt confident about that and confident about what I had learned, I started initiating those conversations. And I would also encourage people to not be afraid to initiate those conversations because it's not always going to be the current owner that jumpstarts that 
they're going to take their time. It's not a high priority item right. for them. So to have those conversations is healthy. If you don't reach resolution the first, second, or third time, that's okay too. Just keep grinding and doing what you can to grow if you feel that there really is a path forward where you're at and know that it will eventually work out the way it's supposed to. But also have the awareness that if so much time has passed and you're not able to have constructive conversations, it may not work out the way that you want it to. And there was a period where I wasn't sure how things were going to work out. Yeah. Fortunately, it it worked out in my favor. Um, but patience, awareness, and and a continuous grind, I think, is a recipe for for good things. And you know, so as you transition over the next however many years into that ownership position, and now even having a piece of it now, have you seen? Uh, that being uh, something for you as a female, has that been something that's been either a challenge or empowering or anything? I know you mentioned the ladies of IAOA uh, Facebook group, but what has that been like for you as a female entrepreneur ownership? What has that been like? Yeah, it's very empowering for me to know that as a female, I've been able to step into this role. And I'm also aware that my path to ownership likely would not have existed had I not been able to walk into a family business. So there there are certain certain incentives and benefits that I had from day one that many do not. Um, now, was that going to be given to me on a silver platter? No, I still had to work for it. But I, I understand that I got to where I am because of the people surrounding me. But being able to to get ownership or to have any kind of level of of, of management as a female is hugely empowering, whether it's it's me being a female or the age that I am. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for what I've been able to accomplish. To allow them to fail, allow them to grow at their own pace, allow them to you know experience their own journey. Yes, I I feel that way um, because it can be easy to fall behind the parent or to fall behind the yeah. boss. And if they paint this easy roadmap for you to follow behind them, you haven't you haven't achieved the merit and respect that you need to in order to carry that torch forward and continue moving in a positive direction. And even as marketing reps, you know, we traveled and met so many different second and third generation agencies, some that were very successful, others that were not so much so. Um, but giving giving that perpetuation plan, whether it's your kid or a family friend or someone who's come into the fold over the last few years, the ability to to really fail on their own, grow on their own and stand tall and stand firm in their relationships. You're going to gain industry respect. You're going to run through roadblocks and teach yourself how to overcome them without falling back on, right. on your parent or on the boss um, so that when they're gone, you can stand tall and confident and what you know, and what direction you want to go. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Uh, one of the things, uh, you know, that, that I've always been respectful of, you know, all any of my guests that come on, but especially through this this month that I've been talking to you and Dakota and some of the other young insurance professionals I've talked to and Sam, and I've got Randy coming in soon, is uh, the, the willingness for you guys early on, as you mentioned, to get involved in your industry. You've mentioned IEOA, you've mentioned PIA, which obviously have a heart for PIA. And I did the IEOA thing with your dad back then as well. But uh, what has that meant for you? And do you think that's been something that's propelled you in the industry and helped you a lot as far as being involved in the industry? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it can easily feel, especially on the agency side, whether you're an account manager, producer, or even have ownership, that you're sometimes on a little island by yourself. 
And local competitors can be friends and give you aid, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But having an association like PIA that brings together state insurance professionals and gives us the ability to really work those connections, uh, talk about pain points, vent this, that, and the other is, has been a huge consistent really door for me my entire time in the industry. I was brought onto the YIP board back when I worked at Markel. So I've been a part of the association while I was on the carrier end, now on the agency side, and it's been hugely impactful. And IAOA and even podcast platforms like yours are so, so helpful to know that there are others out there like us that are struggling with the same things or seeing successes because they've made certain changes. Sometimes that's fire and motivation for us to take a look at what we have going on and decide, okay, now's the time. We've seen others do it. We can do it too. Just knowing that there's a community because there's a huge insurance community. And I feel until six, seven years ago, we didn't have the doors that we have now, the access that we do to others within our state and outside of it to really grow together and and stand tall in the hard market and the ever-involved, ever-evolving industry that we're in with the, the captive evolutions and direct rider evolutions and and the ease of technology and all these factors that we have to deal with and, and combat as independent agents. Yeah, we had a meeting just and not too long ago that I got to be a part of with you. But what I enjoy seeing the most in that, I like to sit back, not on the grandpa of the group, I like to sit back and watch the relationships and the conversations. And and I appreciate you in that. And I wonder uh, from you, is that, you know, one of those things that you'll continue on as you uh, evolve in the agency and things continue to grow? And will you allow other staff in the agency to be able to do the same? Yeah, the hope is that we get more staff involvement because I think that there is a huge benefit to giving them a sense of community as well. It's usually the agency owner who gets that sense of community, maybe the producers, but I think that everyone can benefit from it. Sure. And that's one of the great things that that PIA has really focused on over the last few years in particular is figuring out how do we increase engagement with all of the different roles within an agency so that they feel seen, heard, and they're able to grow and have that community as well. So I think it's very important for myself. I always see being involved in PIA. I've been on YIP board for a long time. I think ultimately I'll at some point roll up to the big board. Um, but I think that there's there's a home there. I don't want to lose the relationships and the ability to help the association grow, but to help each other grow as well. I think that with time, our struggles are going to grow as independent agents. So having that community and going back again and again to the relationships that allow us to be where we're at and to continue forward, I think is so important. Yeah. And I, uh, as we wrap up a little bit, I would you know love to hear from you any, whether you're talking to, I don't care which avenue or all avenues you take there, uh, any advice that you would have for you're 30 now, which God, it feels like yesterday I was 30, but I'm so damn old now. What advice, you know, could you give to someone now that you've been in it this long and you're kind of becoming that, you know, experienced person in here now, even at 30, it's crazy to me, but what a concept, yeah, right. Um, but what advice could you give to someone coming into the industry uh, as a young professional? And uh, what, what would you tell them to do? And what, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I think finding opportunities, if you're coming into the agency, find those networking opportunities within association groups. Or if you're coming in on the carrier side, really regardless of where your career starts, make relationships. And whether you're sitting at a desk talking to underwriters and claims adjusters, build those relationships, learn a little bit more about what they do. Go to carrier events, go to association events, meet people. Know that there are so many directions that your career can take you within this industry. Sure. Um, you know, as evidenced here, I've bounced around a few different places before I found found my, my end goal. 
my end landing spot. Um, but there's so many different directions. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand when they start in this industry, because um, not everyone seeks a career in insurance. I know that it's becoming more and more commonplace for there to be college programs. So we're seeing a lot of growth and infusion of, of young professionals in our industry. But a lot of people have very narrow tunnel focus on what they can do. But there's so many different ways to diversify and grow, especially in small states like Arkansas. The insurance community is small. A lot of us know each other, but that leads to opportunities. Um, So don't be afraid to learn about what others do. Don't be afraid to attend events. Don't be afraid to learn and absorb all that you can wherever you are, because it's going to be uh, perspective and value to someone else, whether you stay where you're at for 20, 30 years or you make a change. And my my last question, a similar path would be any advice that you would give to agency owners managing a young insurance professional? Practice patience with your young insurance professional. Know that they have a ton of insight about the customer, the customer base that we're trying to grow here. The young professionals give you doors to bringing on newer clients and having that diversification within your book of business is going to be a good thing. Being open to their feedback, um, being open to them having a seat at the table to be a part of the changes that you implement. I think that the more exposure I've had to younger people being one myself and meeting them through the association, bringing them on to our our agency as well, there's a ton of valuable feedback, but they want to feel a part of the team. They want that collaboration. So don't be afraid that they're different than you. Don't be afraid that they may not have the same strengths as you because we can all help round each other out and they're hugely impactful to the team that you're building. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, you hit on some good points there and I and I appreciate that because, you know, that's a tough line to, to hold or, or to toe because, you know, they don't have the experience yet, but yet you want to hear their voice, so to speak. And so I think that's good advice to be able to listen to them because they do have good advice. They do know because now we're coming into whatever there was millennials. It was a big one. Now, whatever the one after that, Gen Y, Gen whatever, they're now at that buying age where they're now, you know, being, you know, they're buying insurance. They're making those kind of decisions. And so they have insights on how they think. Because even from 10 years ago, when you were 21 or 20 to now, the buying decisions are made totally differently from when you were even that age. And then you imagine- 20 years ago, when I was in my 20s, you know, I think back to how we bought insurance and how we made those decisions, completely different. And so I think to be able to listen to that, it's good advice. And uh, I would love to hear if you have any other to add to that. Yeah, I think that. And I also think, you know, be available to your new hires as well. There's so many of us who have gone in this industry, myself included, I, I venture to guess the same for you. It's trial by fire. You get thrown into a fire and you have to figure out how you're going to work through processes, work through struggles from account to account, that that account could look completely different, especially in commercial, whether they're starting in personal or commercial. But to be here, be accessible to them, to talk through struggles and work through them together, because it's how they learn. And we can throw them to the wolves. And I think that a, a level of that is really healthy to their development so that they can themselves understand hey, I've got a problem, but I can come to a solution and I'm going to work this out and I can stand tall in that. But also being here to help them through those struggles, especially early in their career, is going to help them feel confident. It's going to help them stick around a lot longer than they would have otherwise. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. And I appreciate that too. So, um, is there any contact information you could give if anybody wanted to reach out to you or talk to you or, you know, whether they ask 
your advice or opinion for being a female agency owner to being a young producer or to being a, any role. You said you wear six different hats or 18 different hats, whatever that looks like. Is there any contact information you'd be willing to give out so people could reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn at Sydney Hoffman's. I've got pretty open profiles just about everywhere on social media. So um, doors always open there. You can reach out to me over email. Email is sydney, S-Y-D-N-E-Y, at insuranceitrust.com. Or you can call me at our main office number, 501-224-0033. There you go. So thank you very, very much. Yeah, likewise. Same to you. Like I said, you've been a consistent force my entire time in this industry. I think you were the first carrier rep I met years and years ago. I won't say how many years because I don't want to age it too bad, but you've, you've been around and I'm so blessed that we got to work together for that small chunk of time that we did. I hope that you continue on in this industry for a long time to come myself as well, so that we can keep coming back and having these conversations. That's right. That's right. Man, I appreciate it. I am the grandpa of the group now, so uh, I do appreciate you pointing that out. So, uh, but you wear it yeah. well, though. You're right. you're a huge mentor to so many people. You've done so many wonderful things for the state of Arkansas for our association. So we're grateful to have you. I well, thank you very much, and your checks in the mail. Thank you, thank you. I said a thank you so much for hanging out with us today in the show. I had my good friend, Sydney, and I hope you got as much out of that as I did. It is my hopes with this podcast that we bring value every single time, every single time we come on this show and that the content we bring you makes you a better insurance professional. And today is no different. So uh, if you got an idea for your own show, go to getreadysetpodcast.com. That's Get Ready, Set, Podcast. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into reality. Keep the mailbag coming. Uh, Go like this show. Go subscribe if you haven't yet. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Leave me a five-star review. We're growing, baby. We are growing. And uh, I am super pumped about that. So have a great day. And I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.